0: Good morning. morning. This morning we're going to read Genesis chapter 17. We're going to look at God's covenant with Abraham. So I'm going to go ahead and read it because it's kind of a long chapter. And then we will talk about Genesis chapter 17 and how that might apply to us today. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. So my covenant be in your flesh, an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. Sarah means princess. I will bless her, and moreover I will give you a son by her. I will bless her. She shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. <laughs> then Abram fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abram said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. <laughs> and God said, No. But Sarah Your wife shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father twelve princes, and I will make him into a great nation. But I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. When he had finished talking with him, God went up from Abraham Then Abram took Ishmael, his son, and all those born in his house or bought with his money, every male among the men of Abram's house, and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very day, as God had said to him. Abram was ninety-nine years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, and Ishmael, his son, was thirteen years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very day, Abram and his son Ishmael were circumcised, and all the men of his house, those born in the house, and those bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. The book of Genesis is beautiful. It truly is. There is a rhythm to the narrative if you pay attention to it. For example, a few weeks ago, we saw Abram triumph greatly over those who had come and sacked the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah and took all their possessions. Abram got his posse up, his men, and he got back Lot, and he defeated all those kings that the other kings were unable to defeat. And at the end of the battle and the king of Sodom came, he made it clear he didn't want to have anything to do with him. He said, I am not going to take a sandal strap from you lest you say, I have made Abraham great. So he defeated those kings, insulted the king of Sodom, and then he started worrying about it. So you have Abram is great, triumph, and then you have him being worried. And the Lord comes to him and says, I'm your shield, your great reward. And Abram says, Hey, you didn't give me what you promised yet. And God promises him that he's going to do it again. And Abram, to his credit, believed God and credited him as righteousness. So you have him faithfully going to rescue his, bro- his nephew, and then he's worried about it, and he's questioning God, and he believes God. And in the next chapter, Sarah. And Abram concocted this idea to get Hagar to have babies for them. That's a bad scene. And now then, after that debacle, God is going to come once again to establish his covenant with Abram, who will be Abraham. And you remember the last time he came to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, he introduced himself. Remember, he said, I am your shield. Your exceedingly great reward. And this time he comes to him again and introduces himself with a different name. Abraham was 99 years old when the Lord appeared to him and said to him, I am God Almighty. (laughs) El Shaddai is what that means in Hebrew. He is God Almighty. And we need to remember that we read this passage here when God introduced himself as God Almighty that we have a terrific advantage over Abraham when God introduces himself as this, because he Abram doesn't know God Almighty the way we know God Almighty. And what do I mean by that? He talked to him, after all. Well, he had not seen the things that we know. He has not seen the things that his generations after him would seen. He probably knew the creation story. We don't know that he did, but he probably knew that God had created the heavens and the earth from nothing but his word. He probably... Almost certainly knew the story of the flood when God in his anger had destroyed the world in his wrath. He knows certainly the story of the Tower of Babel, maybe. But that's it. That's all the great acts of God Almighty that Abraham could have had knowledge of up to that point. Nothing else much had happened. So when God comes and he says, I am God Almighty, Abram does not know how his descendants in 400 years are going to come up out of Egypt. Abram does not know that his children will see the Nile River turn to blood at the command of the Lord. He does not know that there will be frogs... In Pharaoh's palace. He does not know that lice will be on the people as thick as dust. Because God put a curse on the people who held them in captivity. He does not know that locusts will be springing up and devouring the entire substance of Egypt. He does not know that the darkness will be so thick that it falls on Egypt. That for three days people have to grope around in the dark. Because they can't see anything. He does not know that later that day on the last day. That his children will be spared as they paint the blood of the lamb over the doorpost. He does not know about the lamentation of Egypt as every single one of their firstborn sons die and the people of Israel walk out free. He doesn't know about any of those things that God Almighty will do. He does not know that Moses will stand between the Red Sea and a vengeful, wrathful Pharaoh with his army about to crush them, drive them into the sea. He does not know that God Almighty will say take a look at Pharaoh's army for this will be the last time you see it. Speak to the water in the water's part. He does not know that his own children will walk across the Red Sea as on dry land and that Pharaoh's army will be held back by consuming fire and at the moment they try to pursue them into that sea God will drown them to the man. Abram doesn't know any of those things. Abram does not know about the temple of Solomon that will be filled with the glory of God. He does not know about his son King David who will slay a giant with a stone. He does not know about the years of captivity in Assyria and Babylon. He does not know of the faithfulness of Daniel and how God would preserve him in the fire. At least Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. He does not know about that. He does not know That through one of his own daughters, almighty God will become flesh and dwell among us. He has pictures of it. He knows that he has a promise that his own son will crush the head of the serpent. He does not know when or how. He does not know that his own son will crush the head of the devil. And that this son, Jesus, will set all of his children free, both Jew and Gentile. He doesn't know any of that stuff. And so when God comes to Abraham and says, I am God Almighty, Abraham doesn't know the extent of what that means. He says, I will be faithful to you and to your generations forever. He doesn't know what that entails, but we do. This is why Peter says that we know things into which angels long to look, that the prophets themselves long to see the days in which we live. He did not know the way that we know. And I tell you all that to tell you this. There are things you don't know either. And there are things that I don't know either. Things God has done in the past, unchronicled and unsung. Nobody knows the stories of the heroes of the faith who have died in obscurity in caves and in deserts. We don't know what all God has done to preserve the faith that you hold today. We do not know How that's happened. You probably don't know the name of the person who won the person to the Lord who shared with you. You might, but I doubt it. You don't know their story of their faithfulness, but one day you will. You don't know how God has preserved you a thousand times, perhaps just this week, to keep you from death or dishonor. We don't know about the ages of faithfulness that He has shown to your family that you might be here today, preserving them. All those generations so that you, his beloved, can sit in here today and hear this sermon. You don't know about the resurrection of the dead. You know about it, but you haven't seen it yet. What we do know is this. He is God Almighty. Walk with him and be blameless. He will bless you for a thousand generations and his faithfulness will never end. So when God comes to his servant Abraham, after all the stuff that went on between him and Hagar and Sarah, he comes and says, I am God Almighty. Walk before me. And be blameless. And he makes a covenant with Abram, And he gives a sign of the covenant in circumcision, which is very personal and intimate and not likely to be copied by the nations so that they would know these are his people. Every single generation knows. Personally, they are children of God. A sign is given to them. And I want you to notice something too here about God Almighty. He knows how to make a joke. It's the only one I know he ever read the Bible that I can think of off the top of my head. But if you'll look, oh, Father Abraham, this is what I love about this story. First of all, God has come back to this man who sinned. And he's come to a man whose faith's not perfect. Now Abraham believes God. And he's counted him as righteousness. But that don't mean his faith is mature and perfect and as awesome as it should be. And I thank God for that because neither is mine. But he comes to it. And he says, listen, I'm going to make you great. He makes two promises to Abraham. Never forget it. I'm going to multiply your descendants. I'm going to be faithful to you forever. He says, listen, Sarah's going to have a boy. And Abram, before he hears anything else, he falls on his face in worship because he loves the Lord. He falls down in worship and he laughs in his heart. And what he thinks in his head is, I'm 100 years old. <laughs> My wife's 90. This probably ain't going to happen. And he says... Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Like, Lord, <laughs> you might be God Almighty, but I'm Abraham of the dust. And I'm 100 years old, and my wife is old, and we passed all that. Those times for us have gone. And he laughs. And God says, Sarah's going to have a boy this time next year. And you're going to name him Laughter. When it says that Abram fell on his face and laughed, in Hebrew it says that he Isaac. It's the Hebrew word for laughter. He fell down and he Isaaced. And he said, I can't do this. And the Lord said, I'm God Almighty, I told you. I'm coming this year, time next year. And when the boy's born, you're going to name him Isaac. You're going to name him laughter. So every single time you call his name, you'll remember that when God Almighty said you're going to have a son, you laughed. It's important in the narrative because he's not the only one who's going to laugh. Sarah's going to laugh too. (laughs) Because it's funny. Yeah, three men come. I don't want to preach that sermon yet, but I'm so excited about it. She hears them say she's going to have a son, and she laughs. And they said, Why did Sarah laugh? I didn't laugh. Yes, you did. Everybody else is going to laugh too. We're still laughing. God makes his covenant with Abram, and Abram laughs. He doesn't believe. I mean, he believes, but he don't. He's like, okay, I'm going to have a son. Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. old folks, thanks for your confidence in my abilities and Sarah's, Lord, but I don't know if we're up to the challenge. Please just let Ishmael live before you. And the Lord said, I'm going to take care of Ishmael. Listen to that, by the way. There's so much bad stuff that goes on about Ishmael's descendants in our day that is just garbage. Ishmael was blessed of the Lord. He was not in the covenant line of Isaac. That doesn't mean God didn't bless him or love him or take care of him. And Hagar, he said, I've heard you about Ishmael. And I'm going to take care of him. He's going to be strong. He's going to have 12 princes. And I'm going to multiply him greatly. But my covenant's not with him. It's with Isaac. What covenant is that? That they're going to get the land, eternal faithfulness, and eventually Messiah is coming through Isaac and not Ishmael. He's talking to God Almighty and he doubts that he can do the thing which he promised he would do. God Almighty is the God of heaven and earth and bedrooms and wombs and marriage and everything else and if he says, I'm going to do a thing, he will do it as Abraham well learned and as we learned since then. God says no. God said, no, it's not going to be Ishmael. I'm going to bless him. I'm going to make nations from him. But Sarah is going to have you a son. You're going to name him Laughter because I want you to remember that you laugh when God Almighty said, I'm going to do something. But God had the last laugh. And he gave Abram his promise. And God keeps his promise. God says, look, I'm going to bless you. You're going to have nations come from you, Kings. Are going to come from you. You're not going to be called Abram anymore. Exalted father. You're going to be called Abraham. The father of multitudes. Or the father of many. And You're not going to call her Sarah anymore. You're going to call her Sarah. Because she's a princess among women. She's going to have kings. Kings are going to come from her. And nations are going to come from her. She's going to have a baby this time next year. She's going to be 90 years old. And she's going to have a boy named Laughter. And the world will be blessed from her seed. And so the question this morning to us, to you, wherever you are, what promises has God made from you, to you? And is God faithful to keep his promises? Two promises we have here to Abram, to Isaac, later to Jacob. Many descendants and eternal faithfulness. Abraham believed God and he credited to him his righteousness. Did God... Deliver on his promise. How many people's story do you know from 2000 BC? How many characters do you know from then, from Abram's day? I know about one guy. Abram. Why has every why has history forgotten virtually every other person who lived in Abram's day? And the only ones that we remember are the ones that are named in Abram's story. Because God is faithful forever to Abram. Not only do we know Abram's story, did or he or did he not have a son named Laughter? He did. And God promised to Abraham that he would be the father of multitudes, of nations. That his progeny would be like the stars in the sky and the sand on the earth, on the sea. Except he was in the desert. So how much ever sand's out there? That's how his descendants would be. That Sarah would be the mother. That she would become nations. Did he keep that promise or not? There are about 15 million Jews in the world today. 15 million sounds like a lot. But if you count as Abraham's descendants, all those who believe God and is counted to them as righteousness, it's about 7 billion people on the globe and 2.2 billion claim Christ as Savior. I don't know if all those are really believers or not. I'm sure a bunch of them aren't. But even if it's only half, that's 1.1 billion people. People living today who are sons and daughters of Abraham, the just by faith. That's a lot. Has he been faithful to him? Who else can claim such descendants? Who else can claim to be so multiplied besides Abraham? I don't know of anyone. I don't know anybody like Abraham in the whole world. Who has been faithful? God has been faithful. He has been faithful and He has given Abraham the many descendants that He promised him, and He has been eternally faithful to Him. When Jesus Christ the Lord was being persecuted, and they told Him that He was doing things because He was demonic and all these terrible things, they didn't want to believe Him. He told them that if they knew, if they were truly Abraham's descendants, That they would believe the words that he said. And he said, Because Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. God was faithful to Abraham and brought through his lineage Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, just like he had promised. Jesus is the son of Abraham. Now, you've heard that story a thousand times, but who else do you know? In those days, that has any kind of story whatsoever, that his descendants are followed meticulously, that their books are kept, that their children were delivered from captivity, exactly like God told them in Genesis chapter 15, that they marched across the Red Sea as on dry land, that God never stopped loving them, never stopped caring for them, no matter how sinful they were. Yes, his presence departed from the temple, and the Babylonians swooped down like vultures and took them into captivity, but even there God was with them. And when Daniel had the chance to live in the king's palace, Nebuchadnezzar and his friends Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they did not bow the knee nor kiss the image that the man made. And they were thrown into the fiery furnace, but God delivered them just as he promised that he would. Even when they were in captivity, God was with them. Esther, faithful to God. Perhaps she was born for such a time as this, the Bible says. Her whole people was about to be destroyed under the reign, I think, of King Darius. And she stands in the middle of the court and says, look, I'm a Jew. This guy is trying to kill all the Jews. The king had mercy for the queen's sake, and the plans that the man made came to nothing. He was hung on the execution gallows that he had put up for Mordecai Esther's adoptive father. God was with them the entire way. And one day a man named John the Baptist, who was son of the priest, his father was a priest, remember, he was in the temple offering incense. John the Baptist is born and goes by the river Jordan wearing camel's hair and eating locusts and wild honey, saying that the Lord's Messiah is near. He tells the Pharisees who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. When he sees Jesus walking alongside the Jordan, he says, Behold, The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Descendant of Abraham, son of David. God is faithful. He was faithful to Abraham all those years. Now, that's a really nice story. And I want you to hear something today that is 100% true. He loves you as much as he ever loved Abraham. He will be as faithful to you as he ever was, Abraham. And your story is no less delightful than Abraham's. The story of how you got here. The story of where you're going. The story of who you'll be. He will never leave you or forsake you. Every moment of every day, he treats you as a friend. For the sake of his son, Jesus... For the sake of the promise he made to his friend Abraham. Jesus told the Pharisees, I have to gather many to my table. I'm going to go in the north. I'm going to go to the south. I'm going to go to the east. I'm going to go to the west. And they're all going to sit with me at Abraham's table. Because we're his children and the inheritors of the promise. So God would like to introduce himself to you today. He is God Almighty. There is nothing too difficult for him. And wherever you are, whatever is going on and happening to you in your life today, listen to me. He knows about it. He's going to take care of it. And he cares. He is not oblivious to your suffering. He is not ignorant to your needs. He is God Almighty. And He will bring deliverance to you from these things. It may be painful along the way. It was for Abraham and Sarah. It has been for every single one of their descendants ever since. But at the end of the day, when your story unfolds, before your very eyes in heaven, things you never dreamed of, things you never thought about, your testimony will be the same as Abraham and Sarah. God is is God Almighty. And he has been faithful and done all that he said he would do. Brothers and sisters, this morning we can trust the Lord. He has made a covenant with our father Abraham that we as his children he will never break. We are children and heirs like Isaac, not because we are awesome but because he is. We are children born not by the will of man, not by the striving of man, or not by blood, not by descent, but by the will of God, he has placed you into the house of Abraham. <laughs> One day we will sit at his table. You will sit there. Isaac will sit there. Laughter. I don't know if he'll get a new name. We'll be calling him Laughter forever. But we are going to sup at Abraham's table. We are going to see the king of kings who sits at the front. Jesus, the son of God, the evidence of God's love for us and for his friend. And so this morning I want to tell you that God is faithful. Think about the story of Abraham and know that God wants to do just... It may not seem so great to you. Your story may not seem as adventurous and awesome as Abraham's. And here's why. You've never seen God's version of it yet. (laughs) See, Abraham's story was written down by God. Abraham, when he was living it, probably didn't think it was all that great a story either. But your story, it's as good as his. And the faithfulness God has shown to you, it's equal to that he's shown to Abraham. And the reward you're going to have for being faithful to Christ, same reward Abraham's getting. Every single one of us are children of the living God by faith through Jesus Christ. And you can trust God Almighty this morning. He can do anything. There is nothing too difficult for him. I love it. As I was studying for this passage, these words, I am God Almighty. That brings peace to my soul. I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. Why? Walk before me and be blameless that I may make my covenant between you And me. You and the Lord. Walk with God Almighty. Be blameless before Him. And your story will never end. Let's pray. Father, we pray this morning that you will help us to be faithful. Lord, we are grateful to you that you showed to us... Our forefather Abraham warts in awe that he was a man who sinned. He was a man whose faith was not perfect. He was a man who heard you say, I am God Almighty, and doubted that you could give him a son through Sarah. Father, I pray.